Welcome, welcome everybody to Becky Left the Chats. 90s feed. The mixtapes. <laughs> I am your lovely host, Pat, joined by my stalwart co-host, Jen. That's a word? It is. In the dictionary, look it up. Hey now. I would have to know how to spell it to look it up. Well, that's exciting. Jen says hello. <laughs> so, this is our movie feed. Jen, how you doing today? How I'm you feeling? I'm feeling good. Ready to record this thing? Yes. All right. Well, this is a very interesting uh, movie discussion week. <clears throat> so last month, we left off in March with us discussing The Cutting Edge. Us giving our thoughts, our opinions, our ideas about The Cutting Edge. Um, Jen, you want to pause that for a second? Are you talking about the gremlin outside squeaking at us? I am. I guess we can, you know, we can try to address that if you'd like. Mm-hmm. And we are just about back here um, in true fashion, sticking to the theme of this month, April, Beethoven. We had our own little Beethoven named Lena decide that she wanted to uh, trash the podcast recording. <laughs> so we've handled that. Um, but last month, we were talking about the movie The Cutting Edge. And if you recall, it was a movie, you know, themed after these. These are all basically like kind of G-rated movies. Oh, I think they're PG, I would say. PG, right? like they're, they're. I mean, listen, 90s G-rated, like 90s, you know, kid related. Because when we talk about Beethoven in a minute, which we watched, it was it was a lot. But um, it was kind of, I mean, there were definitely some scary parts if you're a little kind of, kid, not for like. It's also a, kind of a little like ridiculous, the level of like animal cruelty. But again, we digress. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. So the cutting edge, Kate Mosley, world-class figure skater. Um, she was spoiled by her wealthy widower father, Jack. I'm going to tell you something. I read that Wikipedia entry. And do you know what I took away from it the most? What? Bitch was really spoiled. Because in every single paragraph, it talks about how she was spoiled and difficult and a perfectionist. And basically, I think you kind of got it right. Like, you're... I hit all the beats. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it now, and it's basically like Doug Dorsey is the captain of the U.S. ice hockey team at the Winter Olympics. So this is back. So they're saying this is 88. So in 88, and the two of them bumped into each other, and then Doug gets hurt. But back in 88, if you were on the Olympic team, you couldn't be in the NHL. That's like the difference. We didn't have pros yet, so it was amateur. So that's why he couldn't make it to the NHL, because he got a head injury, so he couldn't see. He lost his peripheral. Thing. Yeah. Eventually, they make it to the Albertville Olympics, and... Uh, they love each other and they do the pam chanko move they love each other at the end well and he like he like sleeps with somebody else and then she got mad and uh then uh she forgives him and they're in love yeah the end the end it's all good that's it that's the cutting edge um not really worth a rewatch we rewatched beethoven though do you really think it's not worth the rewatch no, I mean, we did we rewatch it? No, but I kind of want to watch it. Well, then that could be a first watch for you. I mean, I saw it a couple times when I was a kid. It used to be on TV, so I mean, I, I watched it. But I mean, we did rewatch Beethoven. We actually also rewatched Newsies, but it's funny because in the discussion of Newsies that we're gonna do here, um, we're actually gonna telephone game Newsies because I don't really think Jen understood what the hell was going on in the movie. Well, so I, I think, think that that's um, true, but also because I really wasn't paying attention. Not because I didn't understand 
it. It was more like, you know. Well, and then, of course, we're going to discuss The Babe. So let's get into what we watched. We watched Beethoven. Yes. How'd you feel about it, watching it now, 30 (laughs) years later? I, I was more entertained than I'd like to admit by it. You, one of your secret, um, secret but not so secret favorite things in the world is dogs? Yes, not so secret. Love dogs. Secret but not so secret. I would say if I had to take a gander, you're probably mostly a dog. Like if you had to rank your animals, you could only have one. You can't have them all. It would probably be a dog, then a cat. Then any sort of like bun or hedgehog or some sort of something. Like you can't have the other animal. Like I can only have one animal. Right. So like, yeah, it would be dogs. It would have so, to be. So but like, I do love. I mean, I you love are in animals. an apartment. You could only have one animal. You would probably take a dog over a cat. You like you're at a house. You only have one animal. Dog mm-hmm. over a cat. Or you find out later on in life you have to make a a bargain with the devil in order to survive. Oh, and they're like, oh my god, but you have to be deathly allergic to one. You know, you could only not be allergic to one animal. It'd probably be a dog. So you'd pick. That sounds terrible. I'm just saying, because in, in, in this world, <laughs> oh, you no. have dogs and cats, and you can have whatever you want. I mean, yeah, I could have everything. You're not allergic to anything, but dogs. So, I feel like you really enjoyed... I love dogs. All the puppiness. You know what? I, I did. I was a little upset by uh, by all the mistreatment of these Yeah, there dogs. was... Like, yeah. so in rewatching this, the first thing that really stands out about the movie Beethoven, which is funny, I think more so than Home Alone... Because um, when you watch Home Alone, and especially Home Alone 2, and you're like, oh, the ex-president's in that movie, unless he's cut out of it. But you're I think like, he's cut out on, like... Um, TV and stuff, I'm yeah. sure, in the real <laughs> But, like, Tim Curry's in Home Alone 2, and, like, all these random right, people yeah. are in these yeah, movies, yeah. and you're like, oh, wow, okay. This movie had Fox Mulder, yep. David Duchovny, one of the great actors... Who I thoroughly enjoyed and loved X Files, and we'll get into that when we do. It had what? Patricia Heaton. Patricia Heaton. They were yeah, they were from married. Raymond. They were married. Uh, and the way they portray them, like I'm like the way that movies portrayed like married couples that don't have children, mm-hmm. like they are just these evil like career oriented. It's like you can only have a career or a family, and they clearly chose career. But who's but... the audience though? The audience is people with kids and right well the audience is kids right but but who's taking their kids to the movies it's the parents so of course they're gonna be like look at these assholes but it, i mean the reality is like i just highly doubt <laughs> people were because it, it, that they gave like when i watched this i remembered one key thing was that they reminded me of the family and i would consistently get it all confused so in my mind in national lampoon's christmas vacation david Duchovny. Is married to Julie Louise Dreyfus. Yes. Probably because of this movie. Because it's like they're all the same, like, exact. That's this. It's the same, like. Douchebag. They're all the same, like, thing. And so, like, that slick back dude kind of looks like David Duchovny, but he's not. But obviously, there was, like, a central casting call for, like, if a guy doesn't have kids and lives next to this guy in the house, he's got to look like that. And I think the word back then was yuppie. Yeah. Right? Like, they were yuppies. I believe so. So um, they're in the movie. Stanley Tucci's in the movie, who, as well as Oliver Platt. They're the evil guys rounding up all the dogs so that the evil doctor can kill them all and do evil experiments on them. Um, uh-huh. It stars Charles Grod- Grodin in it. So, I mean, there's a lot of people. I have a real fun fact for you about another person that's in this movie. Yes. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's film debut. I I, I was just going to say, J.J.L.'s oh, in it. 
I mean, there's so many people. He doesn't. I didn't movie. even notice. I didn't even notice he was in it because he doesn't have a speaking part. Yeah. He's just like waiting for the bus, and I didn't even notice. It was it's there. wild. So, as a an adult, that's not hugely into like kind of kids movies or stuff like that. Like it was fine. If, yeah. if I I feel like the hardest part about this movie now is that, um, and maybe it's a thing, you know, and I've been seeing the theme more is that I think that movies in the like seventies, eighties, and nineties portrayed a lot of bigger themes, um, whimsically, right? So they kind of like made it be like it's accepted, so we just accept that it's cartoon like because. The fact that they were going to, like, shoot the dog in the head to test those bullet to see if it explodes. And that that's, like, a real heavy thing. It was, yeah, that was pretty like, disturbing. Really it was kind su- of disturbing. That, like, I don't... Surprisingly disturbing for yeah. such a light movie. Yeah, well, like, the whole idea yeah. is, like, okay, so we're having a movie about this dog that's, you know, causing all these problems, but he's not. Like, the fact that they had the kid... The fact that they had the lady... Those babysitting those kids, which we talked about, the kids were way too old to be babysitting. Like the well, sister should have babysat them. Was She's going too- to try and have a boyfriend. She should have fucking babysat them. Yeah, or they could just have someone come to their house. Like I don't understand why they're at this old lady's. They're house. They're at this old lady's house that then like has a pool, but then like I, so I thought, which I was wrong because I like looked away for a minute and whatever. I'm like, oh, so they have a pool for a second. Because Beethoven breaks out of his pen, like, around the corner, I guess, or whatever, and runs to the girl in distress, like, hears her and saves her from drowning, which is just a lot. like, multiple fences. Yeah, like, it's just a lot. The level, The level of, you know, uh, (laughs) just silliness in in all of that. And, like, this lady just saying, hey, sister souls. I'm like, I don't... Like, on one side, we're just capturing dogs casually to murder them and experiment on them. But then on the other side, like... We also need to be babysat when we're like fourteen. Like I didn't, I don't understand. Like kids of the nineties at that age should have been able to stay home for oh, especially three hours for the dad's in ninety two. Yeah, like the wild I mean, west out there. I don't understand. So that that part kind of was just like a silly movie trope type thing. But um, in terms of kind of the rest of the movie and and how I felt, I mean, I I thought I thought it really. I thought it just casually tackled some really fucked up scenarios about both, like, the way that animals kind of were considered or treated back then, and then also, like, just stark contrast to, like, 30 years later. Like, I just don't think that movie gets made in that way now. Like, it's really, like, they almost made the villains seem comical. Right? Like, the, the well, guys that were rounding to, up the... Do- right, but it was so it's bad. A, it's a children's PG movie. Like, Home Alone. They make them seem comical, it's, it's even so... though they're... Basically threatening the life of a nine-year-old boy or eight-year-old yeah. boy. I mean, it's the same thing. They're trying to kidnap and murder an eight-year-old boy. Uh-huh. And we're like, this is fine. I love Home Alone. Don't even. I know. Well, I'm saying, watching this, they're like, we're just going to kill all the dogs. You know, I found this to be more disturbing. And I think it's... It's the nonchalance of killing the dogs. And, and the way... Them in, in, in the, the cages and stuff. <sighs> it's, it was rough. The way they kept using the... And I, I really hate this. When they say, like, destroy them. Like, oh, we're, we're going to... He's been destroyed. Like, oh, I don't know that... It really, like, gets to me when people talk about, like, destroying animals. You yeah. know? Like, they're I just... It's really so disturbing. Yeah, for me as well. I was kind of like, wow, this is not... I, 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 I guess... You know, and it's funny if, if you guys are listening and people, you know, jump on and do rewatch any of these things for fun or whatever. You see it on TV and you watch it if they are on TV. Like, the big thing is that, like, again, this was just how these issues were presented. So somebody wrote this script and was like, yeah, you know, so 
this dog is not only going to save the the dad's business by doing the ridiculous nonsense he does with the leash and pulling David Duchovny and uh, Patricia Heaton away. <laughs> so he's going to save the dad's business because he's the in tune thing. enough to know that. He's also oh, going to save the kid. Dog he's ever. also going to dodge getting executed for a bunch of money for like a crooked bet. Mind you, like... The other one thing that really, like, again, picking a nit, but the one thing that, like, what fucking vet comes by after a rabies shot? And you're like, oh, yeah, just go out and just chill with my dog. Like, no fucking way. Right. If a vet, if, if one of our vets came to the house was like, yo, I want to take a look at the dog, I'd be right on top of it. Just like I am when I'm there like, with why, the vet. Why do you know where I live? Well, they, that's easy enough because they have your records when you paid them. But, oh, the, but the bigger but thing is, like, like, you show up at my house in your fucking Porsche and then you're like, I'm going to go check on your dog for a rabies shot? Like, what are you checking that I can't, you can't just see that, like, why would but you, also, he would wanted... you walk away if someone was going to check on the dogs no. from a rabies shot? Also, why did he want to hold Beethoven overnight after he got the rabies shot in the first place? Like, why are you okay with that? I'd be like, nah, brah, this is a vaccine. Like, I've had dogs before. Like, I know you don't keep them. You wanted to keep them overnight. Because well, you want to kill them. Because you want to kill them then, too. I know. Yeah. But I'm just saying, this, these, I mean, there are a lot of red flags here. Also, very effective wearing crazy glasses that make your eyes look six times bigger than they really uh, are I mean, as a villain. Like The that. whole, yeah, all the villain <laughs> tropes. And, and, and then, you know, spoiler alert, the ending, where all the dogs get out and then they decide to chase the other two inept idiots who then jump over the junkyard. And I'm like, Jen, look, they jumped over the junkyard. So, of course, the junkyard dogs show up, which are these beautiful Dobermans, which yes. makes everybody afraid of Dobermans. But yeah, very silly. Um, Did you realize that? OK, well, you did know this part that Charles Groban was 56 when this was filmed. Do you know how old um, Bonnie Hunt, who played his wife, Alice, was? Now. I'm going to take a guess. 36. 29. I mean. <laughs> there is a 27. Yeah. I mean. 27 I, year gap between their ages. I mean. Isn't that crazy? I didn't realize it was that. Um. I mean, clearly she looks younger than him, but I did not realize it was 27 years of an age gap. Especially back then. So, like, when he was 20... <laughs> like, he literally could have, like, had an entire other life. He could have had, like, another life, then got with her, mm -hmm. and then had this life. He could have literally had a second life. Yeah. He could have had, like, a grown, like, grown children. Like, if they got together when she was 18, he was in his 40s. I mean, like, like clearly late 40s. she's playing an older woman because... Mid to late 40s. I, I get she's playing an older Because their daughter, woman. I mean, I was thinking she was supposed to be 13, 14, right? I would say at least 13, the oldest daughter. Yeah. Rice. Yeah. Like 14, probably, yeah. 12, well, 12 to 14, but no, but I mean, listen, you yeah. and I are saying the same thing. Like, I yeah. don't understand how all this works. Yeah. This so, I mean, clearly, I mean, but, I mean, age is whatever, but I just thought that was an interesting little... Age is not whatever. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> if we're doing a rewatch podcast and we're following 30 years later and the age difference between the people is almost the amount of time... <laughs> that's true. That's not whatever. Like, love is love. Like, do your thing. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. if you're going to portray this as, like, the, normal the American platonic family, like, at least have, you know... 
Least have it not be a 27 year old. You know who was the first choice to play his character, George? Who? Who? Steve Martin. Makes sense. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of people were up for the role. Yeah, well, I mean, made a lot of money. John Candy. Made a lot of money. Ed um, O'Neill. And it's. uh, Which I think think he would have been a good choice, too. I don't know. You know, it's it's one of those things that, like, I, I think the. I think the one thing that stood out the most before I watched this movie, again, I forgot the whole, like, I think I knew the subplot because I did remember him taking the dog. But, you know, an R.I.P. Charles Grodin. But, like, I think he's almost kind of perfect for this thing because he just came off like such a fucking asshole oh, yeah, that yeah, I think yeah, other yeah. people wouldn't have been such an asshole that, like, if you think about your dad and you're like, who's the most, like, uptight dad? You just listed a bunch of dads that really kind of weren't that, like, uptight. They have a little more of a goofy... Robin Williams, apparently, is considered... And, they're, and they're definitely, like, goofier. They're like, good, Right. Yeah. And, like, you just couldn't see them being douchey to the dog. And I just feel like he was perfect in that role because he was so shitty to the dog that you're like, yeah, of course this guy would not listen to his kids and be a dick and get rid of the dogs. But also, he's not a bad... Like, he wasn't a bad he's guy. He's just enough of a... You could tell, you're right, like, he's, like, mm-hmm. not... He's, it's believable. He's not it's very actually going to hurt the dog. Like, he's right. actually, like, a good person. He's just that typical dad that, like, you know, works too much and, mm-hmm. you know. And he got backed into this corner with this dog. That's really what it boils yeah. down to. Like, oh, the dog's here and now Doesn't my want kids want this dog. Yeah. 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 He's the perfect. Like, I, I can't think of recasting it. You know, again, you mentioned Robin Williams. Like, Robin Williams nah, is too it's... bombastic, especially at that point, to be like, this guy's going to want to get rid of the dog. And, like, Ed O'Neill, I'm pretty sure he's probably on Married with Children at that point. So, like, I can't see... I can see him, though, being, like, that kind of, like... Are you talking... Dad. But are you talking, like, uh, Modern Family Ed O'Neill? Where you're, like, thinking about that older version? Like, he was, like, in his probably 30s at this point. Like Yeah, I... but, like, I know he can be that. Because I have seen him on Modern Family. So, I think he could have done it. I know, but I mean, Charles Grodin was perfect. So, I mean, there's no, no, there's no need to, to play that game. But I, I just think it's interesting. I feel like out of all the choices I see here... Including Danny DeVito. Um, <laughs> Ed O'Neill well, is probably... The, Rick Moranis, nah, because he's just nothing but... Well, he was, shri- he was shrinking kids, but again... Yeah. I, I feel like, <laughs> he, was t- <laughs> he was too busy. <laughs> shrinking kids. But but I feel like he's pretty abrasive, like abrasive in a way that you're like, yeah, he seems like the kind of dad that would make us all get up early in the morning and not be fun. So I, I kind of... Yeah, it's 7 a.m. on Saturday. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I kind of liked that aspect of it. Like, I feel like all the casting was kind of like perfect when you rewatch it you know like when you when the big thing that i saw when we rewatched home alone and when we do watch home alone especially after having like an entire experience watching uh you know schitt's creek and stuff is you're just like man that's Mm -hmm. the same like that's the mom from home alone oh yeah yeah yeah. you know you see these other people in these different lights and you're like oh i I cannot remember that every time i hear it it's like the first time (laughs) that i've heard it i'm like oh really oh yeah no i knew that but it just doesn't even right and so i just always always think of moira and it's just like oh okay so like it's just funny now when you see these other things and then you're like try to put the so like you watch something like this and you're like you know, because cause now all I can think about, like, in the few times I did see American Pie recently, because I did, it was on, like, HBO and Have stuff. You? Yeah, remember the when we were, remember the old house, I'd watch it during the pandemic, like, it was on, like, HBO, they had, like, an entire renaissance and they ran it, but the point is Eugene Levy was in that, so it's just funny thinking of him being, like, that guy yeah. that was so, like, a dad just waiting to, like, like, he just, he was a one-note character. And then it's like, then you're watching Shit's Creek, you know, and you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that was like 20 years later. So it's a to- totally different, like, experience, you know? Um, 
So it's, it's just cool to see some of that stuff. But in this movie, I think everybody was kind of perfect. And it's like, this is the Charles Grodin that I remember. This is what I remember. That this is, you know, the level that I remember him. It's perfect that I'm not, like, in my opinion, when I'm watching this movie, thinking about him in a different kind of light or context. Like I said, if it was Ed O'Neill and then you're thinking about the guy from Modern Family and you're like, yeah, I could see him doing that. But then I'm thinking about the guy from Married with Children. I'm like, no, the movie would be so much crasser. You know, and like John Candy, again, well, John I mean, Candy probably would have been fine. I feel but like it actors been even definitely funnier. have like a, you know, they do. They don't have to just be the same character. They time. do. But I feel like this movie, like, I just feel like Ed O'Neill was... can get like really frustrated and he can be that kind of dad where you know he's a good guy. And of course it wouldn't be, you know, Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I'm not diminishing any actors. I'm just thinking to myself, like, off the top of my head, like, what made uh, Charles Grodin Charles Grodin be so good in this role? And again, probably the age gap. Again, probably you know, just kind of his, like, his personality. I'm not saying the other guys couldn't have been the same personality, but you already had, at least me as a kid, I already had an attachment to some of these other people is basically what I'm saying. Like, I had an attachment to, you know, those the, those other characters in some context, but... And I, I definitely, if it was Robin Williams, I feel like it probably would have ended up being like a more lighthearted but darker movie. Because when does Mrs. Doubtfire come out? Probably pretty soon. Um, probably like 94, I would imagine. And we just yeah. watched The Fisher King, right? That came out in 91. That was wild. Yeah, so it's like he, if he would have went from The Fisher King to that, like that'd be wild. But anything else you want to add on Beethoven? I mean, it doesn't really matter when Doubtfire comes out. <laughs> I want to talk about the fact that Beethoven's name was Chris. Have you ever met a dog named Chris? No. Um. <laughs> right? I love when people name their dogs as everyday human names. I think it's so funny. I think it's, I mean, I, I think it's a move. I, I, I think it's really a power move, to be honest with you. Because, like, if you name your dog, well, let's say you're the kind of person that's like, we're going to name our dog Fluffy. Like, I'm expecting you to be spoiling that dog or you have like a young kid my you know, friend uh my friend jen had a dog named fluffy when we were kids i just said like you're a kid like you're a kid so you're like fluffy yeah or if you're an adult you know if you're like you're a, like you're a fluffy dog if I you're a 72 year old lady and you're like my dog's named fluffy i'm expecting to see a poodle roll out like i'm not expecting to see a boxer that's my boxer named fluffy right these names go okay. a long way but you don't think a boxer named fluffy is absolutely hilarious because I think that's hilarious. Sure, like ironically, that yes, would be funny. Yes, but like, right. but like naming this dog Chris is a power move because it's like, <laughs> yo, I, I gotta go, I, I gotta go pick up Chris, and I'm gonna bring Chris, and like you would think it's a person, and then out comes a 120 pound Saint Bernard, and you're like, uh, okay. I just think it's funny. Like I agree with you. Like the name means everything. If you just name a dog like a regular name, it's so funny. Then you can kind of get away with being a crazy dog person or a cat person because you're like, oh, you know, like Christopher's really been acting up. He hasn't been eating all of his food. And you're like, oh, okay, he hasn't been eating all this food. Like, this is, you know. And then, then they talk to you about how they took him to the vet. And then you're like, whoa, wait, huh? You know. Whereas, like, Fluffy, you're like, okay, I know what to expect. Now, the ultimate power move is just, like, naming a goldfish Fluffy. You're like, that's Fluffy, my goldfish. That's hilarious. That's awesome. That's what I, or Fido. Fido the goldfish. Fido the goldfish, yeah, that's pretty good. Or, like, a cat named Fido. You can get me on that, too. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, that's my favorite part of Talladega Nights. When he, when he's in, was it a mountain lion? Oh, Karen, the, yes. the mountain lion? What yeah. Just yell. Karen the mountain lion. Karen. Yeah, Karen the mountain lion. Oh, God. That is pretty dope. Um, the other movie that we're going to spotlight and kind of, uh, talk about here. The Babe. Yes. 
we had just watched in our last month's TV episode. We just did some late night TV. We watched John Goodman. And John Goodman was on there talking about the babe. I was going to be in the movie. The babe is a... We're watching uh, SNL. Semi-autobiographical movie about Babe Ruth. About his life. Life and times. Yes. Do you know anything else about the movie? Or just that that's it? We're, that's, that's I've never seen the movie. I know very little about Babe Ruth except for um, that he was a Yankee. Mm-hmm. And that he had... Wasn't he like a... He had like... Al- he abused alcohol. Wasn't he like a... He's an orphan too. So oh, he was like an either. orphan. Like I'm pretty positive he was an orphan. I'll double check here to make sure that I don't butcher all this. But he was like an orphan. I think he was in like a Catholic orphanage or something. Um, I know he lived his life uh, fast and loose. Right? Y- yeah. But again, it's one of those like... You kind of like feel for I, I don't know I, oh, I, I'm I feel not, for people that are like I'm not judging you him. know in that kind of scenario yeah yeah no but I'm saying it's like the like when you're like oh this is what I know I'm like yeah he sometimes was... I feel like the most interesting people live life on the on the edge you know yeah he was sent to St Mary's Industrial School for Boys a reformatory and orphanage he was sent there by his father who couldn't handle raising the boy on his own oh my god he was schooled by Catholic missionaries and ridiculed because he was so big. And somebody introduced him to the game of baseball there, and he just used to hit big-time home runs. And then he's 19 on the St. Mary's baseball team, crushing baseballs, and then he ends up being crushing a, baseballs. a Red Sox. And then he gets traded to the Yankees, and then the Red Sox never won again until they won in until 2004. Yeah, but that was the curse of the Bambi, you know. And that's really it. You know, I mean, it's just kind of... It, it it focuses on basically on kind of like his playing career and like what he does there and then you know it just kind of ends with him you know towards like the tail end of his life it's not like one of those like it's not trying to you know show every facet of him but it does show the baseball stuff the antics he was you know and is revered as one of the greatest baseball players ever um it was during a time obviously when the competition wasn't as uh fair shall we say yeah so you know it's kind of tough that i feel like that era of baseball specifically for people that want to be stat heads is probably a little tough because i don't really know how you can say one person is better than another person if not everybody's actually participating in the game yeah so there's That's, that yeah he was a pitcher he was a hitter it's Babe Ruth. Oh, he was. A, I didn't even know he was a pitcher. Uh, I really don't know very much. He was, about, I know he was a good like, hitter. Yeah, that's why he's like one of the best baseball players. Because he could do both. And most he, he most was good able pitchers to do both can't and, really. Yeah, hit. and well, and he hit all the home runs. Because remember, he was hitting all those. That, that's what I knew about. He him. was hitting all those home runs like at a le- like at a clip. And again, since like you know at this time, not to get political in any way, shape, or form, but at this time it was the game was segregated. So you figure you. That's not getting political. Well, because there's like Negro League Baseball and regular baseball and like baseball purists would be like, well, baseball is, these are the records. And then they don't, like, you can have an argument to be like, well, those records really shouldn't count because you weren't. Including everybody. Including everybody. But then on the other side, people are like, well, just bring in all the Negro League stats and then put them in because then at least it's just kind of like what it is. And baseball is very like. Yeah, why not? I don't understand why that's a thing that you would do. I think they kind of did because it's just because because on either side, you could make an argument and be like, well, on this side, like on the Negro League side, maybe they were better players. So like overall, 
on the other side. You so can, there's no way to know really who were the best who players would, if right. they're not playing together. Because if because if you think about it, if he's playing inferior competition because you still have to like feel the team, and then there was wars and stuff like that. Like if he's fe- fe- playing against inferior competition, then of course his stats are going to be inflated. It's not going to change the fact that how gifted he was at the game, but maybe he wasn't playing against you know the satchel pages and people like that that are also considered some of the greatest people all of this is going over your head because it's sport no it's not going over my head I mean, well you're kind of looking at me under, like no i understand i mean I'm no not, i know you get it but i'm saying like you don't have to mansplain well i'm just i'm <laughs> saying other names didn't play but i'm just saying no just because i don't under this is i don't know all of the the baseball players of yesteryear does not mean well, that uh, this is beyond, i don't understand the concept that there was a negro league and I know, uh i know Braylor. i'm not yeah i'm not mansplaining like that i'm saying I'm, i was actually named dropping some people to be like well these people are considered like some of the greatest so it's it's just kind of like one of those weird things where like you know yeah jackie robinson shows up on the scene then the game gets integrated and then you have like a different now now you have both sides so you have everybody playing in the same league it's kind of like it really is kind of like two different leagues but like they look at it as like one league and then another league because baseball is the biggest stat heads of all and rightfully so because you could just say look he hit you know all these home runs Right. He batted this. He pitched this. And today they play this with the same basic rule set. Yeah. Right. So you can kind of take apples to apples, but it really doesn't work if you think about who they're playing. So that's the babe. Um, and then we watched Newsies. Unless you want to add something on the babe. I never saw the babe. And I um, always think about Baby Ruth candy bars. And I know that they're not named after him. So then I remember that they're not named after him. And then I want candy. Newsies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We are going to play the telephone game oh, with God. the Newsies. So we also have a um, a kind of family thing that we started during the pandemic. It's expanded to friends and others. Well, friends, basically. Yeah. Family, friends. Yeah, yeah, family and friends. Yeah. There's like eight of us. Yeah. On like a weekly FaceTime call where we watch movies and, and we, we talk about them. We've been, doing about, we've been doing that for years. And in terms of this movie specifically, it came up for a weird category because they... The category <laughs> that we had... Um, was any movies that had someone or something to do with a person named Oscar. So yeah. it could be someone named Oscar stars in the movie. Someone named Oscar is a character in the movie. The movie itself could be called Oscar. It could be directed by someone named Oscar. And in this case, Newsies, because there was a line about Oscar DeLancey, was selected as a movie that Oscar we had to DeLancey. watch. So, I have seen this movie, unfortunately, way too many times, because I have a friend that is obsessed with this movie, Um, and I hate this movie. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) I just, but for me, I never, you know, it's funny, because I'm looking forward to May, just in terms of, like, our, like, in terms of our, in terms of our movie watching schedule we mapped this out a few months ago and planned out a bunch of movies i had written down all the movies and we kind of put you know some up on the on the big board and i'm looking at may lethal weapon 3 poison ivy alien 3 encino man and sister act i was nine and mm-hmm. saw alien 3 in the movie theater you you were actually you were eight Eight and so and so like to me we watching music a fucking musical. I'm like no 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 no. I didn't watch it as a kid. I don't like it now, but I do know what happens. 
So I'm going to let you go first with the telephone game. Oh, what man. do you... Th- now, Jen, you watched this movie. What do you think you saw? So I feel bad because this movie was our friend Big Dan's pick. Yeah, Big Dan. Big friend Dan. of the podcast. Hi, Big Dan. Hey, Big Dan. Hi, Dan. Um, Sorry, Dan. I... Um, I was distracted while we were while we were watching this movie. No excuse. No excuse. It's hard when there's cell phones and things like that. So I was very distracted. Um, instantly I was turned off by the by the accents, by like the, the okay. New York accent. So all that to say that I really don't know what happened at all in this movie. So what I think happened, okay, was that Christian Bale. Was a first of all. When did this movie take place? Because there was a a wild debate where you guys kept saying the wrong year. It's because I started saying it and I was a hundred percent wrong. Okay. So I know when it took place, but do you want me to say when I thought it took place? Yeah, nineteen thirties. Yeah. Okay, so mo- so it's the nineteen thirties. Okay. I know that it's really not. So it's the nineteen thirties. Mm-hmm. We're in New York City. Okay. We all have absolutely ridiculous accents. We say things like "noivus" that make me just want to jump out of a window. Accents are rough. So. <laughs> So Christian Bale is a is a boy in New York. He's an orphan. He lives in an orphan house, and all the orphans deliver all the newspapers to all the people that say Noivis that live in New York. And then there's um, a, a lady. I think she might be an actress. I don't know. And I think that she's older, like 32, and she might be having an illicit relationship with Christian Bale, the New Yorker. And um, there's little boys afoot. And older boys, and then there's mean boys that beat up boys with brass knuckles and stuff. And then there's um, flash mobs that just come into the scene and then leave. And then there's newspaper executives that are trying to take all the orphan paper boys and put them out of business. And then they'll just be orphans with no future and no job. And that's really not nice. So then all the newsies band together and they turn into a flash mob and they gobble up the evil executives and they take over all the newspapers in the country. The end. There's also a pretty young girl. So that's the movie you thought you saw. Yeah. Okay. All right. No. I am going to save the movie as we would do right so like next month if we choose let's say you because i think this is actually what we're going to do is next month you're going to explain to me alien 3 okay great so you're going to explain to me what you think alien 3 is or we can do poison ivy we'll decide i've seen neither so we could really see which yeah, one we can really fun. decide what are we, we so what are we going to watch for next month lethal weapon 3 yes and then we'll talk about sister act and encino man and you can explain to me either alien 3 or poison ivy you can choose okay so, yeah, I'll just say that what you said is some of what you saw. Um, there were flash mobs. I know that. Yeah. I, I feel like the reason why we did this as telephone game this time without you looking at Wikipedia is because you actually saw it. So it's like, that's what you think you saw. Like, I, I think really if, you read on, if you read it on Wikipedia, you probably would have gotten more of it right. You actually saw it and couldn't tell me what you really Well, because saw. you were just talk singing every... Like, you knew the words to all of the songs and you were just talking them at me as they were singing. And it that was the best part of this movie for me. Right. It was a really great Proud and defiant. We'll slay the giant. And then I just... Let us seize... 
the day. I couldn't get over how young Christian Bale is. He's very young. And he just... And there were so many people in this movie. So many, like, actors and, like, big names. Mm -hmm. But his accent... It's, A, very impressive that he could do, like, an American accent. You know what I mean? That young. But also, all of their accents. It's... Wild. It's... In the 1930s in New York City. I'll just say this. I'll just say this. When you say that they all band together at the end, it's really, it's really, it's a parable. It's a, it's a, it's a statement about unionization in America. It's pretty, pretty wild. Because there were workers that were forming a union oh, in order a, to stand up. Is that what this is about? Is it about unions? Well, that's what that part of it was. That totally makes sense. Because all of them got together. Oh, I made that up. I really wasn't paying attention. No, no, no. But I'm telling you, that's what you saw. They all got together. Mm. They band together to form a union of newsies in order to take down the bad people. Were they all, all orphans? I don't. I believe that a lot of them were, but base. But I mean, I think the fundamental thing you got wrong because one of them wasn't. Because remember, Christian Bale goes back and he meets another guy. The newsies know. are just. I don't remember that. They're they're boys. Uh, they or they were boys. I guess they could have been girls, but a bunch of them were at the orphan house, and the, and the, that must have been where the paper people went to get them. But the idea was that they were going and getting newspapers and then they were paying a price for those newspapers. So let's say it was like, I don't know, a penny a paper or something. But then they were selling them for more money. But they were buying them first and then taking them and selling them. So if they didn't make, if they didn't sell enough papers, they weren't going to make the money back for what they had to pay for the papers. See what I'm saying? And then they they probably had to pay that money then to the or whatever they were selling. Sounds like an MLM, you know. It basically was, except if you think about it realistically, so people are writing these newspapers, how are you going to get them? Well, you're gonna, you can go to a newsstand where someone has it. Or these kids were standing screaming on the corner, extra, extra, read all about it, trying to hype up in order to sell the paper to make money. Do people they really were, say that? Yeah, that's where all that came from. Extra, extra, read all about it. You know, uh, DuPont is doing whatever. Like, they used to do that, and they, they used to be calling in the streets to get people to buy the papers. Yeah, okay. In order to sell the paper, right? And then it just kind of gradually, all of that declined and then became people subscribing. So then people would just get someone to deliver them the newspaper or they just go and buy them. And then like that job just kind of disappeared because what adult could have that job? Like that's not a job for an adult. You're not going to make enough money as that level of a salesperson. To, to, you know what I mean? The newspaper doesn't cost anything. Yeah. You're not going to make any money uh, or cost a minimal amount of money. So these kids were using it just to kind of make petty cash or whatever to whatever and christian bale was the best newsy there was telling the news it's reminiscent sort of or harkens back to we had watched uh news of the world how the guy travels with a newspaper and tells all these oh, people yeah, these yeah, stories yeah, yeah. how he's telling that's what basically what they were doing is they're gotcha. like tell, they're hyping up stories you know page six look at you know read you know uh, apartment fire and whatever i mean there were no tvs i'm not actually that dumb i just really wasn't paying attention no you weren't and that's that's why part of it is is interesting um but you do have blinders on your blinders exist from i would say the american revolution until 1956 i'd say anything between the two of them you instantly zone out when you see it you're like i don't want to watch westerns i don't want to watch civil war shit I don't want to watch... I could do World War II stuff. I don't want to watch people wearing silly wigs. In Europe, though, I don't care really about 
the American front. Well, that, that's why I said 1956. Because I'm like, fair. I gave you a specific, like, I know you liked Inglorious Bastards and things. Like, I gave you a yeah, specific, yeah. like, there are things yeah, you may cool. like, like in Like, watching the Americans fight over yeah. there is cool. But... Yeah, but you don't really like violence in war no, movies. Really. But you do kind of like Tarantino movies, so you hang in there. It's, so it's, it's a the... real problem for me. It's, yeah. it's, it's a kerfluffle because I do really love Tarantino. Yeah. And I really hate violence. Yeah, so it's kind of like, yeah. but, I mean, that's that's your wheelhouse. And, and yeah, it's fair. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Civil War stuff. Yeah. This this actually takes place in 1899. Um, not 1930, which again, made a huge difference um, in terms of how people would have been able to get the newspapers and what they'd be able to get. Any Anything that's like a movie, any time period where you watch a movie and the predominant color is tan and brown or the predominant colors that you're seeing while watching the movie mm-hmm. means it was probably in that time period between the Revolutionary and War. And you don't like it. And... 1952 you basically and i don't i don't know you I, basically I at a minimum want every household to have multiple radios minimum minimum if not a television like you want to be in that era where where certain things are very much taken for granted because this is like again like i'm telling you yeah. if i if i'm a guy and I, I and i'm going to work like i'm newsies yelling about this story i never i don't know the stories oh i'm interested here's my five cents to get the newspaper to read it because what else do you have in yeah to, you're not getting the news from anywhere else so they're reading they're telling you hey you know hot goss because it's basically like twitter or something else now because you think 30 years right now this is 30 years so that's from 1899 to 1930 right when you said the movie was and in the 30s maybe more people have radios and different things but i'm using this because it's 1992 the internet is barely a thing. Within 30 years, almost no one will read a newspaper. They'll get all their stuff digitally. Or they'll get it from an online forum where they'll be like, well, I, I saw someone shared this article or that it's article like, or whatever. It's completely different. Our but, dads and that's it. You know? Yeah. So but no, so when you, when you go back to this movie and you think, here's someone yelling at me about a story that it's like the same thing as someone tweeting and being like, look at this story. It's really weird. It's really strange. It's cool. Because they were, the newsies were selling different newspapers. Different newspapers owned by different people, different slants, different things on different stories. Yeah. Different editorials. So it's really kind of like interesting when you put it into like now's context. It's like, well, where are you going to get your Yeah, you go on the Fox or CNN or MSNBC. Or AP News or whatever, you know, whatever right. whatever you choose, you know. NPR. Or you just, nothing. Or you choose nothing. Fuck it. I don't want to listen to any of it. You know, right. but these kids are yelling at you Sometimes about a story. You got to say, fuck it. I'm just going to put my head in the sand for a little bit. Roll over Beethoven. Why not? That's it. Anything else you want to add um, about what you think the news is made? No, I uh, no. Well, it was about unions. The sort unionization of unionization of the it's, newsies. It's, 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 it's a wild film. Well, no, because it was just more or less about how workers you know, part of what it was talking about. And, and we'll get into it next week when we actually read about it. And it's I about, about the it. color tan and being noitous. Yeah, but part of it was about how back then workers had no rights. So like, And had to live in a tan and brown world. And I mean, like, life sucks if you don't see pretty colors. The children were being exploited to sell the papers. And the children were also, um, you know, they were being told, basically, <laughs> we're going to charge you more money for a newspaper. That, that's what that's like with the driving thing well, we're, we're gonna give you the same thing that you're already making no money on and just charging more money and what are you gonna do about it nothing and then that's when they band together and said fuck that so as is customary i mean we're gonna wrap our april movies i, I would say this is probably this is a little leaner 
than some of the other ones. I'm looking at May. Then I'm looking at June. We have Batman Returns, Patriot Games, House Sitter. July, we got our, our what we've been talking about. One of the main 90s mainstays I can I can imagine is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? It launches an... It a launches League of Their Own, though? A League of Their Own, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But I'm saying... Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, I'm, lo- I'm looking at Buffy, which we had... Well, stop looking top. at July. We're... we're we're uh, next up May. Next up, Lethal Weapon three. I've no, no, probably no. seen that movie more than any other movie on this board. I was just I'm saying. So excited. I was just saying it to go to to go to this statement that I have now. So like this is really, this was a time when movies was very specific. You really started to get that summer blockbuster stuff. The big stuff started coming out in May, and that's when we're gonna get a lot of our popcorn movies. A lot of the more movies we like. April is always notoriously a lean month until more recently. When Disney and Marvel and everybody are like, we're just going to release these movies like once every couple months. So they started kind of doing some in early April, late late March. Early, and you're like, wait, what? Because like, this is how movies used to be. You know, it started, here's this like sleeper movie, Wayne's World, that they're like, they didn't think was going to be a big hit. And it was. And then like March, you had My Cousin Vinny, which we loved, and Basic Instinct, which is like a cult classic, and White Men Can't Jump, same thing. You know, again, April, here's three movies that are family movies that we saw that are really just like family movies because you're just not going to the movies and then may you're like all right mortal day like let's go lethal weapon let's do it you know lethal weapon sequel alien sequel like you're getting people back out so it's exciting we're gonna have a lot of a lot of fun here coming up oh august too i'm looking at unforgiven and we saw that movie this year too oh yeah that's right we did I could try to explain that to you. I probably uh, that'll be just as good I will as Newsies. Try to explain oh, that. No. To you. Okay. Um, I have one question for you. Yes. What was your favorite part of Beethoven? My favorite part of Beethoven, honestly, and I'm being dead serious when I tell you this. My favorite part of Beethoven is when the doctor, the vet. <laughs> goes no 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 i'm okay after faking being attacked by beethoven but he says you need to bring that dog to be destroyed otherwise i have to press legal action tonight so charles groden it's like all right fuck my family i don't care i'm taking this dog so he kind of just goes and takes the dog puts it in the back of the wagon drives it he's having an emotional moment with the dog and he shows up, and the doctor has completely wrapped his arm. Now, mind you, like, again, this all seems to be occurring within two hours. But the doctor, you know, he goes, hey, how are you? And he's like, ah, oh, no big deal, 36 stitches. Like, what? who the fuck gets 36 stitches in, like, an hour and a half? How, how could, like, <laughs> if somebody told me that my dog caused them to need 36 stitches, I would have expected to see a pool of blood throughout my entire house. Yeah. <laughs> And you're not getting out of the hospital in two hours and being back at your vet's practice waiting for this yeah. dog. He's, also, he's like, completely wrapped. His family, 36 stitches. they seem a little mad, but not mad enough. Because I'm telling you, if you brought one of these dogs to be destroyed after our crazy vet comes to the house, like, I'm not just going to be like, you know, honey, I hope that you did that for the right reason. No. Like, you're not coming in the house. Side note, <laughs> like, I, I, it's not I also thoroughly enjoyed... Then, then, you know, this all connects together. Oh, 36 stitches. Like, fine. Like, just yeah, we can, yeah, yeah. nonchalant. Like, We're just going to accept Like, that. the number wasn't, oh, no, it wasn't that big of a deal, right? 36 stitches. That's, like, legitimate cut. That you could have, he should have potentially died because he didn't even attempt 
to give himself any sort of treatment at their home, right? So I don't understand how he could have a 36-stitch wound in 1992, get that treated in two hours, <laughs> and you're back at your vet's practice and you're completely bandaged up. And but yeah, you go right back to work. Rolling then back in, Fine. drops the dog off, says goodbye. He sees him, put him in the thing, and he's like, all right, whatever. And then, this is my favorite part, the receptionist goes... Well, the guy that destroys the dogs doesn't come in till tomorrow, so we'll have to bill you for the overnight stay. That's my favorite part. I'm like, are you fucking serious right now? Yeah. You're going to bill this motherfucker? Like, what is going on? They're trying to make money. They literally, he's getting paid thousands of dollars to attempt to use this bullet to see what it does to the dog's head. And then they're going to charge this motherfucker for keeping the dog overnight? The balls on that guy. That's my favorite. The gall on this fucking doctor. That's my favorite part. This doc, this vet. If I could call him a vet. Because clearly. I wish you wouldn't. Oh, did you know that the National Vet Association was so pissed off about how they, like, portrayed vets? That they, like, I don't know if they wrote a letter or if they tried to sue, like, the Ameri- like the guy in charge of, like, films. I... Like, the American <laughs> Film Association I'm mad for guy. them. Like, they were so upset. I'm mad for them for the reasons I just told you. Like, this motherfucker got 36 stitches. He's back in work in an hour. And then they're going to charge him on the way out? It's a shenanigan. It's fucking bullshit. And then <laughs> they come back like three hours later. They have a change of heart. And they're like, yo, I thought we had to tomorrow for you to kill my dog. And the guy's like, nah, dog's already gone. And then they realize when the kid is grabbing his arm, like, no, he's not actually hurt. And then the, do- the vet goes, I'm going to call... Like, you need to leave or I'm going to call the police. I'd be like, motherfucker, call the police. You just told me you had 36 stitches from my dog biting you and you fucking took my dog. Call the cops, bro. Bring him out. Bring him out. Bring him out. Bring him out. <laughs> like, just that entire sequence. The, and, and, you know, again, that unfortunately, I know I'm on a little bit of a rant here, but that's usually what happens with kids movies. Like, usually the end is where it all falls apart. Like, right, we have this right. great idea. Wouldn't it be funny if this guy that doesn't like dogs ends up getting a puppy, but the puppy's a St. Bernard, it's big, it does silly things because it's big, it steals the turkey, whatever. But then you're like, well, then we gotta slap this fucking thing on. He did steal the turkey. I know. And then, we, But then we have to slap this whole, like, ending on, and then you're just like, it all falls, like, what? Call the fucking police! They need to be here! This, ve- there's a news report. At the beginning of the show and at the end of the movie, the beginning, the animals are just disappearing in their neighborhood. Animals are disappearing. Just, just animals are disappearing. Yo, my guy, I think this guy is doing it. I think he's do- he showed up at my house. He said my dog attacked him. Then he said that he I needed to bring him my dog or he was going to press charges because that's what the law says. Then I show up. He said he had 36 stitches. He's got no stitches and my dog's gone. This motherfucker's the guy. Like, I don't need to be a certified police investigator to know that motherfucker did wrong. There you go. That's that's my favorite part of the movie. I apologize for uh, <laughs> my Beethoven rants. What was your favorite part? The end. Where they're like, good night, Beethoven. And they pan out and you see him on the bed. And they're like, good night, Sparky. And then the little Jack Russell friend is there. And they're like, good night, Mitchell, or whoever. And then they pan out, and every single one of the dogs is in the bedroom with them. There's just like 35 dogs in the bedroom. Because that's exactly how it would happen if you had 35 dogs. Like, Caesar Milan. It is Milan so absolutely ridiculous, but it's also like, if you 
if you were in a person that was like, maybe we shouldn't have 36 dogs, I would live in this house with 36 dogs. So, yeah. I mean, at least four. But, um, yeah. Okay. I got some trivia questions for you. I've got a feeling. But tonight you're gonna be paying for dinner. Let's do it. What's the native Lakota word meaning big beast, which was popularized by the film Dances with Wolves? It's a native Lakota word meaning big beast, and you've heard it before. Sasquatch. Tatanka. Oh! Right? Damn. That's a deep cut. Gotcha. What links these clues together? Faith, Willow, Spike. Volleyball? Buffy the motherfucking vampires. Spike a volleyball. You faith a volleyball and you also willow a volleyball. <laughs> I don't know that much about volleyball. Willow is when it goes on a side out after it uh-huh. hits the net. It's called a willow. Yeah, like and, and, out. and faith is what you do when you put your hands up and hope you block it. Just give it extra faith. I think that should count. No. I do not. Put these Jim Carrey movies in the order they were released. Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. The Mask. Mm-hmm. The Cable Guy mm-hmm. and Liar Liar. Mm-hmm. Cable Guy ninety six, Batman ninety five, uh, The Mask ninety four, and the last one Liar Liar ninety eight. I don't like you as a person right now. Why? Well, you were wrong because Liar Liar is ninety seven, but you were right on all the other ones. And with their years too, you were right on the years. Yeah, that's what oh, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, Except yeah. for liar, liar. It's easy. So yeah. it, you know, you. I was gonna say they're all in the right spot. Say, I was gonna say 97, but I didn't. I didn't oh. want to flex too much. Oh, yeah. Okay. Put these first run talk shows in order of how long they ran, from shortest to longest. Ricky Lake Show, Arsenio Hall Show, Monty Williams Show, Phil Donahue Show. Bonus, if you can tell me how long any of them ran for, just one as you're going through, you automatically win. Did you say Monty Williams? Uh, Montel, Montel, Montel Williams. If you could tell me how long... I just an- didn't realize you were on such personal terms with him that Monty, you call yeah. Monty. Yeah. Monty, to those that know. Um, if you could tell me how long any of them ran for. So your task is to put them in the order for like, how long they ran. But if you could tell me how long any of them ran for, you just automatically win. Ricky Lake. Four years. Okay. Monty Williams. Five years. Okay. Arsenio Hall. Uh, six years. Okay. Phil Donahue. Ten years. Okay, so... um. I'm really sorry, everybody, but <laughs> this will be the last podcast that we do... Because clearly Jen is an alien and never grew up in the 90s. Like, do you really think motherfucking Montel Williams stole that whole 
who's the daddy, not the daddy shit, did that for like at least eight years. Arsenio Hall was around. I just for, don't remember. Arsenio okay. Hall was around for five years. Ricky Lake was around for eleven years. Oh wow. Montel Williams was around for seventeen years. Oh, Jesus. Seventeen years. He went into the well into uh, college years. He was in the two thousand well. Sorry, I wasn't watching Monty Williams in college. Phil Donahue was around for twenty nine years, Jen. Twenty nine. Twenty nine years. That's the age of Alice. Newton from uh, Beethoven. So far, it's one nothing me. It's the total number of friends saying "What's up" in the original original nineteen ninety nine Budweiser commercial. Four. Five. What picture? Whose picture? Did Sinead O'Connor rip up during her performance of Bob Marley's War on SNL? The Pope. The Pope is correct. We tie. 1-1. What links these clues together? Psychic, potting wheel, whoopee. Patrick Swayze. A man killed too soon. To me more. A woman in mourning. Whoopi Goldberg, a psychic who can talk to the dead. Or can she? A potting wheel. A sensual act where the ghost of Patrick Swayze shows up to help Demi Moore pot through her feelings. (laughs) Ghost. (laughs) Correct. What links these clues together? I'm up two to one. Tinky Winky, Dipsy, and Pooh. Did you just say Tinky Winky? Dipsy and Pooh. Is this a Teletubby situation? It is a Teletubby situation. Tinky Winky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) These are all so easy. Last one. It's a numbers game. Well, just you gotta pick it. Come no, on. No, because I. Uh... It's the name of the boy band that included brothers Nick and Drew Lachey. So, in my life, I'm aware of three boy bands. That are not Manuna and New Kids on the Block. Same. Backstreet Boys. Which. This is not. No. In Sync. Yes. Which this is not. No. But 98 Degrees? This may be. It is. That's how I would have. That's how I would have come to that conclusion as well. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm like, it's not JT and the boys. Yeah. I know it's not Backstreet, but I know my Backstreet Boys. Oh, oh, I know. Well, this is it. You need to get this, otherwise it's a tie. It's the speed that Sandra Bullock had to keep the bus moving to prevent it from exploding. Over 50 miles per hour. 
is 50 miles per hour. Is the speed. Well, Boom. everybody, winners win. I won. Jen won. I literally just won. Two winners win. We're at a stalemate. It's been an hour. We got to call it. We really hope you guys made it to the end. We really appreciate everybody that listened. Like, follow, subscribe. Um, yeah, are, that really helps. We are on Twitter. Um, BLC underscore pod. We're out there. I try to post things. Not exactly. Sometimes you do. at it. Uh, BLC mixtapes is on the InstaFace. It's on Instagram. And Becky, <laughs> Becky left the chat at gmail.com. If you ever want to email us about anything. Yeah, maybe you're lonely and you just want to say hi. Maybe you want to talk about pogs. Yeah, I mean, we're getting into pogs. We'll get there. Um, or just talk to us about anything 90s. Becky left the chat at gmail.com. We are produced by me. <laughs> and we are edited by Jen. We are musicked up by the internet. We have no sound effects. We are written by us. And we... Appreciate any feedback that you guys want to give. We'll have the intern take a look at it. The intern, Scotty. Take a look at any anything you guys send us. Scotty, do howdy. Yeah, well, so we actually, um, funny story, as we leave, we actually, we, we got an intern from the local college. Unpaid job. We're teaching them all about how to uh, answer emails. So please send emails so the intern, Scotty, can answer them. If he doesn't do any work, he's not going to get any credit for school. So please email. <laughs> we wouldn't want that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next week as we dive into May's music. I know. I can't believe we're on to May. Of the month. Can't believe we've been doing this for four months. Well. Well, there it is. Let's do it. Bye. Bye.